you will not find a line of people lining up to defend a mass shooter or a cop that shot somebody. The only reason you would disagree with me is because you're evil. The land you're on, stolen. It's not his fault, but it is his fault. Let's get him. The word equity was not used outside of finance up until about five minutes ago. Everything is political because of course it is. Philosophers. Philosophers. Well, Joe, I have a topic. Uh-oh. As a as a counterpart to uh, two epi- episodes ago, uh, in which we talked about some conservative uh, contradictions, um, I figure we should we should take a step across the aisle, so yes. to speak. Um, not down the aisle, though. That's different. Of course not. Um, and talk about some dogmas that we have observed in today's liberal culture. Yes. And I I say today's liberal culture distinctly to to separate that from like conventional liberal values because there's been some drift, I think. There has. And or well and, and the things we're gonna talk about today are related to that drift. Um but also these are not liberal values. These are like va- dogmas held by people with liberal values today yeah Yeah. Yeah. and i think that things have drifted enough that even most people will acknowledge that there's a new term for it you know we no longer is it liberal and conservative it is more left and right or far left far right as it's whatever that means well because what i think that's just you mean far left and alt right because (laughs) well no alt right's (laughs) old now apparently it's far right but yeah i know that yeah well because everyone discovered that alt right was cringe and didn't mean anything no um so they went back to to far right anyway we're already we're already going on tangents you can see where this episode is going to go if you like tangents this is the place to be this is the right place get your popcorn ready um Okay, so we we do have a list that we <laughs> very yes. easily constructed to start off with. Yeah, but... that took all of about three minutes to write. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's start off with some of these. Um, so you had the first one that gave you the idea. I did. So that yeah, the thing the thing that I was thinking of when when this topic came to mind was the uh, the axiom that men and women are entirely interchangeable. Hmm. Now. Obviously, I am not going to disingenuously uh, claim that uh, leftists believe that men and women are literally the same. Um, There are obvious superficial differences between men and women, but actually, particularly the thing where it always boils down to, like, yeah, people are willing to admit the superficial differences between men and women, but they... They're like, okay, here's all these different things about men and women, but the brain. The brain is absolutely the same. It must be, right? Okay. Okay. As if that logically follows. Now, to be clear. The, the, okay. I, I know I know how we got here. That's that's the thing. I know I know how the culture got to this place where it is considered rude or perhaps even sexist to point out that there are differences in the brains of men and women because enough people for long enough use that fact to then further claim and that's why men are better than women right and that is sexist right (laughs) correct um and so so i think this is probably going to end up being a common thread for a lot of the remaining items on this list of people long ago or not so long ago used so-and-so a fact to justify a bigoted position therefore acknowledging the fact indicates that you are a bigot right yeah i I think that's absolutely kind of where we got how we got here is you're essentially correct and but i do think it's worth talking about well why is that the case like why if I was arguing with someone who I agreed with factually, but disagreed with their inference from mm-hmm. that fact, yeah. right? 
why then would I attack the fact? Like, what? Why not attack the inference? Well, because if you debase the fact, then you debase their whole argument, right? And so it is easier to just flat deny the premise of their argument than to try to get to the the flaw in their reasoning, right? It's easier if someone says men and women are different, therefore men are better, right? This is a non sequitur, obviously. Yeah. Um, But it is easier to just say, no, men and women aren't different than it is to actually get to the fundamental logical problem with his argument. Right. I guess, but in my mind, it, but you're arguing a fact and that, that to me is like a losing battle always because you, you can't argue a fact necessarily like, yeah, you can, but you can, but you can't, you cannot assert if, if, if the thing you're arguing against is a fact, a proven out fact, I would think it would be way harder to, cause the, the alternative is you have to substitute a new quote-unquote fact and then justify it um but i also think that this might come from the the reality too that no one cares about facts Mm. either right it's about outcomes right which can be factual like the fact that so and so person achieves such and such thing is a fact yeah and so i and it's like statistics like have you ever argued with somebody about statistics I try not to. No, why? Because uh, <laughs> it's a waste of time. <laughs> Correct, because I can yeah. I can manipulate statistics. I, I can draw any inference I want from a statistic, and the statistics stay either true or false, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's why people hate arguing on statistics, because... <clears throat> that's not to say statistics are never useful, right? No. Um... Or that you can't that it's that it's irrational to use them as part of an argument, right? That, that's not the case either. But the statistics do not come packaged with the reason why the statistics are the way they are. Right. Like, okay, if you're like sampling uh, different groups of something, you have to ask the question: Why did you choose to group them this way? Right. Mm-hmm. Um. You know. Yeah. If you're if you're category almost. Almost, if not all, systems of categories are arbitrary. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, people have to choose where to draw the line. And, and you and I, I think, there's an area where we bring up and fight against statistics all the time. Yes. When it comes to gun deaths. Yeah. That's what, is, what is a gun death? It's not when a gun dies, by the way. No, because they're immortal. Um, <laughs> that's not true either. <laughs> no, it... As the name might suggest, it's when someone dies due to the direct consequence of the implement being a firearm. Uh Okay. And I have to word that that way because this includes things like suicide. Suicide. Yeah. Uh, It also includes things like police homicide. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether justified or not. Right. And you could reclassify some of these to be, I guess, arguably rightful deaths, you know, self-defense sometimes. Right. Depends on your opinions on suicide. Or it could be, and this is the more weird one, uh, Well, and there's a similar statistic, for example, like gun violence. Mm-hmm. Well, any crime committed where a gun was present, even if the gun was not critical to the implementation of the crime. Right. So, like, I rob a store... And happen to use a gun to threaten somebody. That's gun no, violence. But, but even then, that kind of makes sense. But I mean, like, I was convicted of, say, reckless driving, but I happen to I have happen a gun on my hip. A gun. Yeah. That's considered a gun crime. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, you're exactly right. So, depending... But I can draw a broad statement inference from X number of people die every... X number, which is always large. Mm-hmm. Tens of thousands of people die in this country every year from gun deaths. Are there X many gun deaths or X many instances of gun violence? Cool, but why? Well, and the why matters a lot. Yeah. Well, the wh- why is that occurring? D- is the gun a fa- actual factor in that death? Obviously it is because people died using it. But like, if it weren't for the gun, 
would those still occur in with some other implement mm-hmm. you know and it and it also if you're isolating these facts in, and was it even wrong that it happened because for many of them it may not be yeah right and i mean if and why are we just looking at this why are we not looking at deaths or homicides right. by homicides in yes. general Un- unjustified homicides yes right because you'll quickly find out that more people die if we if, if i just look at non-natural death causes mm-hmm. uh cars are way up there yeah P- hands feet and clubs are way higher than firearms mm-hmm. you know and so but but the fact is that i'm trying to make I find more often than right, not. Right, but if you put the number in context, then that changes what people think. But yes, that's the thing. When you st- when you bring up this, st- I can automatically assume a motive of anyone who brings up the statistic of gun deaths. Sure. And because why- you're obviously trying to just say, oh, well, these are just bad. Well, right. and, and why does the statistic even exist in the first place? So no one... Right, someone it- decided that these deaths are worse than other deaths. Right, or or what they were trying to do is figure out, hmm, and I, and this is a most charitable, but I don't think this is actually how it works. I think the reality is, is that someone says, I just do not like guns and I want to come up with some reasons why we people shouldn't have them. Mm-hmm. And then they go looking for statistics and evidence, which is not great. That's, that's not scientific. No, it's literally confirmation bias. Um, yeah. And that's how most statistics get created is someone has some kind of bias and they're looking for a way to shape some data to confirm it. Yeah. Anyway. We are way off track already. Already. But but <laughs> this is how it kind of starts, I think, as far as like, you know, with some of these things. But yeah. Um, so I- anyway, uh, let's see. But before we move on. Yeah. So men, men and women are entirely interchangeable. So yeah, it it is okay to say that men and women are different. Right. Mm-hmm. I think, I, and, and this is another thing that I, I don't think there's another conflicting uh, point on here. So I'll, I'll kind of wrap this up as well. So this is uh, something that I've talked about. I've talked to genuine like racists before, right. Mm-hmm. Who will justify that with statistics. Sure. Um, and they'll say, and, and like, like the literal line I remember somebody dropping me is, well, like insurance companies do this and it's fine. Um, it, <laughs> Um, and he's like, he's like, do you think it's fine for insurance companies to profile people? And I don't really remember what my response was. This conversation happened a long time ago. Uh, and that's not important, but, but his, his thing was like, yeah, okay. So we can attribute certain average behaviors or whatever to people based on these categories or whatever. Now this ignores the root cause of that, right? There could be plenty of other non-racial factors that lead to these statistical outcomes. But I think the more important thing that people forget or, overlook is uh like margin of error um yeah maybe on average so and so a racial category is more likely to do whatever but the variance between each individual member of the category is so great you can't possibly judge the individual by the statistic yeah justifiably well and i think another statistic that relates specifically to this uh when it comes like why am I offering that men and women are entirely interchangeable? I'm setting up a premise. Like, mm-hmm. here is a premise that I accept. Therefore, the statistic that, and this is the one I always hear, mm-hmm. it's there, actually there's two that I always hear. One, why is it that C-suite members, for those who don't know, that's CEOs, CTO, people with C in their title, chiefs of something, mm-hmm. which is almost always a high-paying, tip of the pyramid organizational placement. Yeah. It's like, Men and women are entirely interchangeable. Agree? And most people... So of, why isn't this category split 50-50 men and women? Yep. And then similarly, why is the average salary not the same? Mm-hmm. And this is where you get the infamous women make 70 cents on the dollar for every dollar a man makes. Right. Which is misleading because it makes you... It is, it is designed to make you think, oh... A man and a woman with identical credentials working the same position at the same company are going to make roughly 20% different salaries. Yes, which is not Because true. of their sex, yeah. Yeah, Th- those statistics don't exist. But if you average it, it is true. If you take yeah, all... Yeah, if you just add up all the women's salaries and all the men's salaries, yes, that number emerges. Yeah. Correct. And But that's... But if you believe the given dogma that men and women are interchangeable... Now this statistic being true means that there is another, there's a problem and we got to find it mm-hmm. and solve it. And of course I come 
by comparing a solution, of course, you know. Um, but I think there's there's two other things on this list that directly relate to this. Yes. Which one do you want to take first? I don't care. Okay, let's take the one that's not a sub bullet. So I think this one comes down to um, there are no instances of injustice. There are only systems that are unjust. Right. Um, yeah. Or more succinctly, all injustices are systemic. Right. Yes. Um, and this is something you see all the time. You will never, I don't think, you will see protests and things like that about that'll be kicked off by an instance of something. Sure. You know, a person is shot by the police. Yep. That's a, and a common one. Yep. That is a thing that happens. And because of that, a protest, or more appropriately, in a lot of cases, a protests and riots will happen over this not to say that all the protesters are rioters but they sure. both occur right that's not really the topic but not really on. the topic but they both occur but the the thing that's called for is never the justice in this case it's always this is just one example of a broader system of injustice that allow this to occur which in some cases is true sure but there's the dogma has an underlying kind of double think to it, wherein there's also this assumption that people are slave to the system, which means yes. that they cannot be rational agents. They they're only behaving this way because the system pushed them to this, which would indicate that it's the system is the cause of this, not this individual. Right. But this person is also terrible and we need to essentially lynch them over it right yeah so it's like <clears throat> nobody has free will you are a slave to the system uh not not because everybody always obeys the rules but because whatever structure there is in the system causes people to become this way or let's say police officers specifically mm -hmm. causes a police officer to become this way but this particular police officer did this. Therefore, he personally is responsible for doing it. So he personally should be punished for doing it. Right. right. So it's like, it's not his fault, but it is his fault. Let's get him. Yeah. Yep. And weirdly enough, though, there's the double thing exists on the other side of this injustice. The person who what, fell victim to this injustice, do they deserve individual, you know, recompense for this? Or do we rectify the system? And the answer is almost always both mm -hmm. in both cases. So both can't be true, though. It either is this instance or it's the broader injustice or you can separate the issue. The problem is, is they're always spoken about together mm -hmm. as though they are directly related to one another. And solutions for a specific instance may not be applicable to the system and subscription prescriptions for the system may not have prevented a specific instance mm -hmm. and this is something that prevails in all these cases i would go back to our gun analogy every time there is a quote-unquote mass shooting which again is it that's a statistical number that doesn't have a clear-cut definition right it's arbitrary it's how, arbitrary how many until it's mass right right um but then and we're not here to argue what that statistic should be but just no it's <laughs> very hard to define such a thing yeah right but every time one of those occurs, well, this obviously occurred because we have a gun, a system of gun violence problem in the country. So we need to propose some changes to it. And oftentimes the response to this, you will hear the prescriptions given. One of the first things that's attacked by, on them, which I think rightfully so, is would this have even stopped this particular incident? Mm -hmm. and yeah, the thing that you're asking for, would it have even stopped what happened? And the answer is almost always no. No. Yeah. So we're using an instance of something to say the system is broken, then prescribing something to the system that would not have prevented the incident. Incident, and it's it's a convenient game because you give yourself. It, it's like a Mott and Bailey kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with what a? I'm familiar with the Mott and Bailey. Okay. Yes. I can't remember. So, so what it essentially is, is it's based on a, for those of you who don't know, we, we I believe we've discussed this in our episode on uh, fallacies before. I don't think it made it into that list, actually. It didn't. Okay. So I'll talk about what that is right now, just so we have an instance of it. Yeah. It comes from a historical fortification or way of fortifying an area in which there's a hill, which I believe is the Mott. I didn't remember which one's which. I, never I think can. the hill is the Bailey. Okay. So the hill's the Bailey, we'll say, um, which is a 
highly defensible keep, if you will. Like if you were to have like a small castle overlooking a smaller a, a, a township, you know, that's the Bailey. The Mott is much more easy to attack. And so in traditional strategy, what you would do is you would, but the Mott, but the Bailey also gives you the advantage to attack the Mott back if it ever gets taken. So essentially what you can do is in the event you're being sieged, you pull up to the Bailey. Is it right? You you were right the first time. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Okay, so now the we get Bailey to... The Bailey sounds friendlier, so I assumed that it was the easy one. Yeah, well, yeah. but Mott, Mountain, Hill, you know. Yeah, mountain, that makes mobile. sense. Yeah, anyway. It really doesn't matter what the names are, honestly. You can still understand the premise. Sure. So, yeah, the point is, yeah, you come out with an aggressive opinion about something or a, or a statement, right? The, yeah, the the Bailey in this case. So it's the it's yes. the easy-to-attack position. And then when someone you goad someone into attacking it, you, you back backpedal up. to the Mott, which is a similar but crucially different claim that is much more reasonable and easy to defend. Yeah, and not only is it easier to defend... But in the case of the antique stratagem, it's actually much easier to attack back from because yeah. you have a, not only do you have the defender's advantage, but now you're uphill and back when you're fighting on foot, actually attacking downhill gave you a significant advantage. So what you do is you goad someone into attacking your position, you back up to the more defensible one, and then you re-engage with the advantage of calling your opponent stupid for thinking that you would hold that unrealistic position in the first place. Okay? Right. That whole thing is essentially is what occurring with this double speak. It's very easy to def- it, it's very difficult to defend an instance of a violent activity or an injustice, right? Mm-hmm. You will not find a line of people lining up to defend a mass shooter or a cop that shot somebody. You will usually won't find that line. But you will find the line of people willing to defend the system because the system is familiar. It, it, especially if your opponent is a conservative, the conservatives want to preserve the systems as going forward. Right, that's kind of their thing. That's their thing. It's tradition. So what you do is you will attack the system. And then when they come out, you back up and defend on the instance and say, can you believe these people thought that this mass shooting was a good idea or they want kids to die or that they think that that cop did the right thing by shooting that guy. It, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's an advantageous dual position to have when you have a motive. Right. And I think that's the other thing to keep in mind is that the motive is also a moving target. Um, And I don't think we have this on the list, but I kind of want to talk about it. How often have you heard someone speak about holding any of these dogmas? What is their motive? Why do they espouse the things that they do? Yeah. Well, what is it? What, What do they always say to you? Like, if you really got down to the nuts and bolts, why... Why are they fighting for this stuff? Why why are they advocating for all these positions? What is the real answer deep, deep down? Well, because I'm a good person. Well, yeah. I'm fighting for the right thing. Well, yeah. You and everyone else. Yeah. It, but that's the point. <laughs> you know, I, I it's and a dog. Pretty much everyone thinks that they are doing the right thing. Right. If but, they didn't think they were doing the right thing, they'd try to do something else. Sure. But I think, you know, but this is why I think this type of system and why i think we even go so far as to call them dogmas because you usually hear dogmas refer to religiously yeah but that's the same but the reason is is it's the same basis i'm coming from the axiomatically good position and cannot be countered from that because it's held as axiomatically good within my system of understanding Mm -hmm. based on my dogmas and so any assault on me or my position must be done by an evildoer or someone who is just you know right the only reason you would disagree with me is because you're evil yeah exactly and so i think and and for me that's the most pernicious part of all of this yes um i will never or i would take every effort to argue never i will take every effort not to argue from a position of i have the moral high ground here i'm right yeah and dare you dare ye argue against me (laughs) like you know um yeah that's for the audience to decide Exactly. Um, so I think one other thing, I think the next jumping off point, we, there's again, the, these are all somewhat connected, which makes it yes. difficult to speak about in a coherent way because uh, I, I, I feel like the guy in the room with hope with like a bunch of things pinned to the wall and red lines drawing between all of it. Yes. Um, but a lot of these things do app, they do operate within their own system of coherency of self-support because oh, yeah this is common for any 
well, it's coming for any ideology, but also, you know, I, I guess, I don't know, leftism is kind of more vague than just an ideology, but it has a lot of parallels. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's the same for, like, religion, right? There's all kinds of stuff that, that goes to support one other, like, different aspects of the religion support other aspects of it, right? Sure. Um, it's the same thing. Yeah. And shingling axiomatic dogmas together creates a very... It creates a system that is logically coherent within itself. Right. But, but circular. Problem, it, exactly. That's what I was going to say is that, yeah, just like religion, it's circular reasoning. Um, yeah, it it's internally consistent, but there's no external reality to ground it on. Exactly. Um, ultimately. Yeah. And so jumping from the, there are no instances of injustice, there's only systems of injustice, you, you can't talk about those without also talking about how it plays into the idea of victim entitlement. Um, yep. And so what do we mean by that? Um, well, typically, an injustice means, if, if you were to give it the most layman definition, is that the scales are out of balance and we must return the scales to being balanced. Well, it would be unfair for those who hold the power or those who are benefiting from the scales being tipped in their favor to be the ones to balance it because they are not incentivized to do so. Right. And it assumes that if they're not incentivized to do so, well, dichotomy in a dichotomy, that would mean the other person is, even though that's a false dichotomy that, Oh yeah, that's not how that works. Yeah. Right. And, and we've seen this happen throughout history as well. I mean, just because you were the victim of something does not mean that you're all of a sudden can come in and be fair. Your, your victimhood does not make you a fair judge. In fact, it arguably makes you a less fair one, right? Because now you have emotional baggage attached to it. Right. And, and even in our systems of justice, there's a judge who, supposed, who is supposed to have no skin in the game. Yeah, supposed to be totally impartial. Yeah. Right. But that is never how it's spoken about. It's always, you know, if you are a victim of some type, you should be entitled to some benefit and... Authority to speak on the matter. Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. Oh, and we see this happen all the time. Um, we can take any of the instances we've spoken about before. Uh, it is true. You know, when there's a mass shooting, if you weren't one of the victims or one of the families of the victims, shut up. This is not your time. You know, if you're not a member of the racial group who of the individual who was the victim of some type of police assault, shut up. It's not about you. Right. These people. As if I have to be a member of that group in order to have an opinion about it. Right. Right. Well, no, you, you can still have an opinion, but it better be the same opinion of those of that group. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, um, or in the case of something more recent, uh, or not more recent, but something else that's been prevalent. Um, and this is a hill that would have been the easiest, I think, for those of this category to win on, but it, they keep screwing it up. Uh, the pro-right, the, the, the pro-life v pro-choice debate. Uh-huh. Um, for the longest time, it was my body, my choice, and this is a women's health issue. So if you're not a woman, shut up. It's not about you. It's mm -hmm. about us, right? Um, now, we'll get into why they kind of shot themselves in the foot on that one, I think. But that's this idea is that, oh, well, this is something that affects me. This is something that I suffered under. Ergo, I need to be the one to speak. And, and it's really interesting. Uh, there's a term that's emerged because of this called the oppression Olympics. Yeah. Um, where what happens when an injustice occurs between two communities that have also suffered injustices? Um, I, I hesitate to even bring up specific instances of this because it's going to offend someone and people are going to draw their own inferences, but you see them happen. I'll leave it at that. You know, what happens when a men's rights issue that is mainly focused on say homosexual men comes up against a women's rights issue in according to this system both of these are disenfranchised groups mm -hmm. so which one gets priority and theoretically they should all be on the same side but that's not how it works um yeah but, and, but because you have to have this victim entitlement calculation that goes on there has to be a pecking order right which rung is higher on the ladder yeah mm -hmm. well and more interestingly since your identity is based on your group membership which is a thing another thing that we it's a part of all this which kind of goes back to the whole men and women are entirely interchangeable 
you know, it's a double think on that as well. Men and women are entirely interchangeable, but women need help because, and special treatment because they're interchangeable, but they're not represented as interchangeable. So which is it? They're interchangeable. Right. Do they need help or not? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> but since you can be a member of multiple of these groups, you get this weird calculus that occurs when you all of a sudden, because you can't escape the reality that we are individuals. And we speak on these subjects as individuals. So when you're looking for someone to speak on a subject, the number of times I have been sitting in a group debate and someone say, well, as a member of this group, we'll say a woman, I think that these are the things that are, you know, I, I've suffered injustices because of this insert system here because of this reason, that other. But then someone else will say, well, as a member of the black community, we've suffered worse because of this, that, and the other. And then mm -hmm. someone will say, well, as a black woman, so now you you see we're moving down the totem pole here of who holds the most accolades of oppression, and that person becomes the general who gets to speak on the whole issue, and that if you don't follow under their prescriptions, you're invalidating their existence and conflicting with their right to exist to some way. And I know it sounds super hyperbolic for me to say it that way, but I've but literally people, heard it. But people actually do talk that way, yes. Yes. It's like, do you think I don't have a right to exist? It's like, when did that ever... When, how did we possibly get there? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and all of this, again, another shingle that makes this all even more pernicious is that up until this point, we're all just talking about it. But that speech can also be considered violence, which is another one of their dogmas. You know. Words can hurt you. Words can hurt you. Words can be violent. Speech is just... Which, crucially, yeah. right. It's one thing to say words are violence, right? Because what does that even mean, right? Because, okay, and what is... Well, okay, words can hurt me. What does hurt mean, right? Right. Obviously, words can be very upsetting or distressing or can trigger a reaction that does cause actual physical harm. Um... I, either through like influencing people to behave badly and harm other people or um, e either on purpose or, or by accident, um, you know, but crucially the, the, the thing that is, is troubling. Okay. Words are violence. Well, if you can be violent with words, then I can be violent with force to stop you. Right. Yes. That that's the equivocation being made is that, if I think that your words are particularly violent, then I am justified to respond to that, you know, verbal violence with physical violence. They're the same. Right. And this is very problematic because we can all agree on what words were said, but we cannot all agree on how those words impacted us. That is a subjective experience to the listener. Yeah. And you could argue that the subjective feeling of pain from a stab wound is also subjective. We all will take that a bit differently. But we can at least objectively measure what the damage is because biologically speaking, when it comes to damage inflicted by a wound, we can be interchangeable on that. It's like, yeah, you objectively were stabbed. Your objective artery was severed. And it doesn't matter who you are. We all have that artery. Well, I guess there could be some genetic yeah, fluke. Yeah, that might not necessarily be true. But but for all intents and purposes, good enough, right? You, you suffered some physical damage that we can measure that you then, you know, and we can all, there's, we don't have to just take your word for it that it hurt. We believe you. Right. We can look at it and see. Yeah. But, the, but this gets really different because we tend to vary more psychologically than we do physically. Yes. And so... And I was going to say, like, we we could take you to a doctor and the doctor should theoretically quote us the same to fix our stab wound, mm -hmm. right? But psychological medicine is different. Yes. And if you were psychologically damaged by my verbal violence, you could theoretically go get a quote from several different psychiatrists for to, to treat that. But that's entirely subjective, you know? Um, like, I have... I'll use an anecdotal example because these are all anecdotal. My wife and I can both be sitting in a room and someone say something that drastically affects her differently than the, me hearing it. You know, someone could call us both a name and depending on our lived experiences, certain names are going to affect me more than her and certain names are going to affect her more than me. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I can't demonstrate that in a very easily in an objective way. I would still have to go to get someone else's subjective opinion on how damaged I am to come up with what the monetary value of the damage is. Yeah. You know, and for the longest time, you know, it was held that, well, if you have hurt feelings, that's a you problem. They're your feelings, you know, um, if everyone else's feelings weren't hurt, then you're the one with the problem, not us. Well, and also there are social consequences for being rude to everybody, right? Sure. And we considered that to be fine. Yes. Right. You're uh, a jerk. Go away. D don't join us ever again. Right. Right. Or if if someone said something, I think everyone's had this play out before, I would hope anyway. Someone says something that you find rude and you look to your your friend or your companion and go, man, that was pretty rude. But what if your friend doesn't think so? Right. Now you're the odd one out. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're just being sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're being a wussy, you know, or whatever. Wh whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, it, and there goes the social conformity machine getting you to get with the program and stop being so sensitive about it, which again was effective for a long time. Mm -hmm. Like, there are certain rigors that we, there's a level of rigor that's considered acceptable by society where it's like, no, you should just be able to handle that, you know? Um, and maybe there's a commentary about on how that has varied with time that contributes to this, but that's not here nor there. That's not really what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. But the issue is, is that the only person who can speak authoritatively on how hurt your feelings were is you. Right. And you're the only one who can run the calculus on whether or not it's considered an appropriate, proportionate response to use violence. But mix that with the um, victim entitlement where you're entitled and you're the only one who has the authority to appropriate what the response would be. Then you get a recipe for you can justify anything with saying that I was the victim of violent words mm -hmm. and you can't refute it and that's the problem right yeah With, what are you gonna say to it yeah yeah those two things added together creates a system in which anyone can justify anything essentially with i was made the victim of some kind of assault verbally or otherwise right right and no one can challenge that and that's the problem and that's just two dogmas added together to end in the consequence that i don't think anyone when you actually think about it would want to be in a system with because now everyone's wielding everyone's got batons that they can wield with whatever authority they can make up and then it becomes a race to the bottom on who got victimized the hardest and that person becomes the leader somehow of a, a gang essentially or a, a cartel of folks and no one wants to be in a system where the only way for you to be successful is to somehow suffer which is, again is a very interesting parallel to a lot of religions in which suffering is something to be celebrated yeah. and a virtue, yeah. Um, and that I think ties nicely into the everything is politics and politics are personal. Yes. So, are they? <laughs> I mean, I have. I have had this argument with people before and I think this is a, a, a case of anything can be related to anything if you give enough degrees of separation tolerance, right? Yeah. Um, we've talked about before the, the, the Wikipedia game of how many links do you need to follow before you can find the page for Adolf Hitler um, from any other article, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's the same, it's the same thing. So, Okay, everything is political. Okay, let's pick something that is very, very neutral. Cooking. That's a pretty neutral thing. Literally everybody cooks, right? Well, because everybody eats. Right, because everybody eats. Right? Um, so cooking. Cooking can't possibly be political, can it? Oh, my Oh, bad. but it can. Where did your food come from? Yep. Um, is that coffee you're drinking? Mmm. Mm. What kind of exploitative labor produced those coffee beans? Mmm. Was your culture one that historically consumed coffee? Mmm. Mm. Yeah. And 
so okay now i've taken a a mundane otherwise not political thing and i have tied it to politics because of the the other inseparable things that led up to it and so yes in that way everything is political because of course it is if you try hard enough yeah yeah and i think this is where this becomes a problem is when you're again it's similar to the statistics what's your motive are you looking to paint someone into a corner about something like the only reason there are several reasons i can think of why someone wants to, would want to politicize coffee um if i want to hold some sort of baton over starbucks for example the massive corporation that actually has power right they have money they have a lot of money a yes. lot of resources and they employ a lot of people and more importantly the main engine that drives starbucks existence spoiler alert it's not their coffee it's their marketing yeah. people drink starbucks because people believe that starbucks is good not because it actually is. Not because, because it actually Starbucks is. Starbucks is actually crap. It is. Go get a cup of black coffee at Starbucks. Yeah. Well, but most people don't even drink black coffee in the first place. And hear me out. It, well, right. Yeah. When you're drinking 70% sugar anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Any coffee is Sugar good. is sugar. <laughs> right. Um, but say you want to extort Spar Starbucks. Starbucks. Lol. Um, well, you could do it by making up something that is easily disproved or I can form a very thin thread back to something and say Starbucks is actually evil because exploitative labor producing coffee beans. Yep. Yeah. And that might even be true. Yes, it probably it is. It probably is. Um, and that, but it starts to peel back the veneer of society, which is that, yeah, um, believe it or not, we're all running away from death and we're all, and, being exploited and in our travels away from that we are more than happy to throw others under the bus to not be that person mm -hmm. right that's literally the game of societies um we could briefly go into why it is that for the longest time slavery was a-okay it's because you won the conflict like and and, th and this happens all the time in Western cultures that in happen to inhabit places that were air quotes uninhabited. And by that, they mean weren't inhabited by us, ergo uninhabited. Right. Um, looking at pretty much any, any group in the modern uh, West, Western hemisphere and in Australia, like those are the main ones, but yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. At the time, it's not that it's like, well, we didn't steal it. We won it in the war. <laughs> and for the longest time, that was how you did it. Right. Because. Yeah, might makes right. Might makes right. And, the, and, and fundamentally, that's kind of true. It kind of is, right? Yeah, it really, like, you know, it, I am disgusted by the concept of might makes right, right? I think, I think it is. Morally disgusting. It, yes. it is morally disgusting. It is unjust that a bully can just do what they want. But. That is reality, right? Yeah. And the fact is that if some group of people can outdo your group of people um, and make you do what they want, there's literally nothing you can do about it. Yeah, because they made you. That was the point in right. the first place. Yeah. Now, we believe that we have moved so far beyond that, that we live in a moral society that doesn't decide things with might. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's why the police carry guns, right? Right. Because they can just assert a moral. Yeah. Because everybody follows the rules as soon as they, yeah. When you tell them what to do, they do what they're told. Yeah. Right. Oh, but except who gets to decide who gets to make those rules and how did they get to that place? And wait, how did this system get here in the first place? Oh, that's right. Um, literally war. All of it was a war. To get Everything here. is war. Yeah. Yeah. War never changes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's an ugly fact of reality. And it's not just a human thing. Um, war is just a fancy name we gave to organized conflict. But I mean, this happens in every... Every species out there is literally fighting, killing, consuming other living things, or sometimes non-living, but... Well, and not always consuming, but but still either exploiting or otherwise... For or, or competing Right, like, yeah, even plants do this, right? Mm -hmm. The trees. Look at the rain... Look, look at the trees of a rainforest. 
Yeah. You got the big tall canopy up top. Why? Because they want all the sunlight, right? They get more energy for doing that. They're able to, to better reproduce when they do that. Um, and the shorter trees, uh, well, they, they're dead now um, because yeah. they weren't tall enough. And that's just how it is. Um, <laughs> it's a tale as old as time. They, it's the it, All the replicators are out there seeing who can replicate harder. You know, and, right. and that's a reference to the selfish gene, which I highly recommend you read. It's a great book. It's a fantastic book. Yeah. Um, Fun fact: it contains the uh, original uh, use of the word meme. So uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. If you like memes, read the selfish gene. <laughs> yes, he needs to publish a before he dies. He needs to publish another book called the selfish meme. That would be hilarious. Anyway, that's no. that's that, that's that, that, that was... literally kind of was the point of that book though was to talk about memes. Well, so anyway, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Now now we don't like this because it doesn't jive well with our moral system. Because our moral no, system... we hate it. Yeah, yeah. Because no one wants. Uh, nope yeah yeah because because we we decided <laughs> empathy that's why yeah empathy right well yeah nobody wants to be on the receiving end of the beating right yeah that's the thing and so so we we were able to connect these giant dots together um <laughs> of hmm neurons maybe if we institute a system in which giving people beatings is wrong I won't end up the on the receiving end of a beating, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The it, because these things emerge in such a way in which a few th when, there are a few winners and a lot of losers, right? Mm -hmm. Usually, that's how it works. Usually. Yeah. Um if I'm outside the system looking in, statistically I'm a loser. I'm going to be a loser. Like if if you if life was like spawning in and you had random spawns only which is kind of how it is kind of as far as we can tell yeah exactly how it works yeah yeah you don't know which consciousness you're going to end up inhabiting if you were to look at it through this third if we're going to pretend this person. is a video game yeah yeah <laughs> um but you could set the rules of the game before you spawned in and you know it's random it's like well i would love to start out with a fair shake now i'm more than happy to compete once i'm in but i gotta at least start out fair yeah right mm -hmm. um even though again you don't. It's random. But I would at least like to not be beaten. <laughs> that's, a, that's a crappy playthrough. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, we, we came up with this. this. Morality is entirely in a human construct. And it's informed a lot by our objective reality. Like, we came up with it because the objective reality sucks. Right. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's a struggle away from death is what it is. Because mm -hmm. the default state of everything is not alive yeah in fact the vast majority of everything is unliving right and is in some way working to make you also not living right because yeah. the default status of the universe is you don't exist and or are dead and or are just your basic elements redistributed into a system you know right and that's terrifying to us yes living things because well we don't know anything else because you can't know you're not alive if you're not alive and so, i'm the best so and i'm alive so i want to stay that way <laughs> um so yeah it, it, it sucks but because that's the fundamental fact of reality you can peel back anything and find that yeah literally anything you, you can break any system down into a dynamic of an oppressor and the oppressed. And there comes your victim mentality again. You just have to peel back the veneer that exposes you as the oppressed. Even though it's just as easy most of the time for me to peel back. And, and you see this happen all the time, right? Sure. It's usually people in the first world complaining about these things, right? Well, yeah. This is literally the first world liberal culture that I'm talking about, right? Yep. So they love to peel back the little bit of veneer of the step above them, but they'll get absolutely trumped in their own system by anyone from a third world country because they can just peel back the veneer of, well, you're complaining about this. Yeah, actually, that cell phone you're using to complain about this was created. Child labor, yeah. Yeah, child Yeah, child arguably probably slave labor somewhere in Africa in a cobalt mine somewhere to make the battery to run that thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the clothes <laughs> you're wearing also exploitative. The house you're living exploitative, the land you're on stolen. Like, and so it, and it's self-defeating ultimately because it's just an acknowledgement of the reality of the system in which you also compete, but yeah. you stop short of, of exposing your own, oppressive nature or you don't and then you but and then you want to be and then that's the next level of it or you want to be lauded for how well you're acknowledging your evil 
right? Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that happens too, even with companies. Like companies will put it all the time, you know, we had a terrible past of exploitation, but we own that and we're trying to be better. Yeah. You know, and we're we're the underdog trying to come back from the sins of our way. It literally is religious dogma. It's Christian dogma specifically or any... Well, storytelling anyway. Yeah. Well, you're a sinner. Right. You need salvation. But instead of it being God, it's the dogma system, which has a God in it. It's the God of the oppressed, you know, if you will. And that God of the oppressed, if you pray to it enough, will elect one of you to lead, you know the israelites out of egypt of well, the oppression you know? i don't know that it's the god of the oppressed i think this leads into another thing on our list it's the god of equality or equity or equity yeah yes. there we go yeah i i also can't help but think that i sounded i I even said God like Jordan You Peterson. did, God. <laughs> oh, that's the God of equity. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate it. I'm not saying your words. I'm not saying it. <laughs> um, but yeah. But, Kermit the Frog here. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And before we go specifically into these words, this is where we get into the word games and the newspeak. Because yes. it, all of this is facilitated by the system of this of linguistics Mm -hmm. how you can manipulate and use words to mean something other than what they actually should mean or at least what we all agreed they meant before so yeah let's put it this way the word equity was not used outside of finance (laughs) up until about five minutes ago (laughs) right but now uh and it used to be Oh, you know, I fight for equality. That when I was growing up, that was what it was. It was like, do you believe in equal rights? That is the liberal value. Yeah. Yes, equality. Um, but if you go to any company nowadays and look at their about us section and find their policies, they're all for equitable employment. They're all for diversity and equity. Right? These are the the word equity all of a sudden is just used everywhere. And it's so close to the word equality and to the layman and the layman definition. It What's means the difference? pretty much the yeah. same, right? But it's a perfect dog whistle where if I go and say, well, I, you know, I value equality. Anyone in the know, in the cult, in the dogma, they now know that, ah, he did not signal the correct virtue. He is not one of us, you know? Right. Because he would have said equity if he was. And I will receive my lashings for not using that word verbally and be ganged up upon, you know? Um, but what does it actually mean? What is the difference? Why? Because on the pa- on the on the face of it, if I were to say, I think that you know, equal uh, or, or you know, equality is a is a virtue. Most people just hearing that would golf clap and agree. Yeah, right. Equality is great. That's a good idea. You know, it's fair. That's an enlightenment virtue. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, but why all of a sudden equity? What's the difference, David? Well, if you. If one seeks out the dictionary for an answer to this, you'll be very disappointed by what you find, because it is utterly unhelpful. <laughs> uh, my first source, uh, equity from the American Heritage Dictionary, the state or quality of being just and fair. Ah, yes. That's nice and vague. Um, nice and vague, but those are good. <laughs> See, I'm just and fair. Like, sure, yeah. Everyone agrees that justice and fairness are good. Um, yeah, I wonder how long that definition is going to stay that way in the dictionary. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's check another source, which actually might be appropriate here, uh, which is Wiktionary. I bet you that's one that woke up. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. According to Wiktionary, fairness, impartiality, or justice as determined in light of natural law or natural right. Interesting. It's not where I thought that was going. No, it's a hard <laughs> turn. Uh, oh, good. Definition number four, equality. Um, Great. Thanks. <laughs> but that's not how it's used. Let's let's just skip it and go straight to the layman. Yes. When someone says, if I were to say, I value equality, and someone says, tisk tisk, but you I should care about equity. equity. Yes. Well, what's the difference? Well, let's talk about what equality is first, I guess. Okay. Because they're contrasting terms now. For some reason, yeah. Um, equality, me in in the enlightenment sense, is treating all people the same, right? Especially in terms of the law. Yes, yes. If murder is bad, it is bad for everyone, right? 
It doesn't matter who does the thing. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's uh yeah, the the serf or the king. Um murder is wrong, yep. right? Yes. That's equality. Yes, your your class, which is important to think about. And this is I think something that's kind of lost on especially Americans because we actually don't live in the same classist system as the one we came from mm -hmm. or the country our culture came from yeah um there's actually a really fun interesting uh thing about this um so david as an american do you have the right to a jury of your peers allegedly where where does it say that in what founding document is that phrase used the constitution nope mm. it's an english common law phrase mm. when peer meant if you were a lord you had the right to be judged by lords and if you were a I commoner see. you had the right to be judged by commoners that's where it comes from your peer meant your social class not everyone else right okay yeah so see it's little things like that where that kind of comes from interesting right you're probably gonna look it up <laughs> me aren't you? looking up the constitution right now yes right now and don't be wrong it might exist there in that way but it doesn't mean what we think it means today it when it was written it actually meant the class thing and that's one of the reasons why it wasn't the same way that it is now but you know but that's part of equality is that we all belong to the same class there are no classes in the way of lords and commoners, right? Um, mm -hmm. And and even more so, that's kind of why, uh, you know, the American system of government is not parliamentary. Because parliamentary typically is driven on those class differences. The House of Lords versus the House of Commons. Yeah. You actually have to be born into one of those social classes to, you don't have to technically anymore. But that's where the legacy comes from, yeah. you know? Um. And the only thing that we had that was even remotely close to that was landowners and non-landowners, which is essentially all it really meant. Um, but in America, everyone got to own land, so that's what it kind of means to be equal. But essentially, yeah. you're right. It's that it doesn't matter rich, poor, doesn't matter what race. Theoretically, we should all be treated the same way under the law. But equity would suggest something different, which would mean that we should all see the same outcomes under that law, which means that if if murder is a crime, we should see the same number of convictions of every race or equal proportional, maybe even representation. No, <laughs> no, that's what it should mean though. Equi but, equity relates to outcome. It, it, yes. It, it, whereas equality means to opportunity, right? Right. You, if you commit a crime, you have the opportunity to be tried the same way everyone else would be. Yeah. That's equality. But equity would suggest that if you commit a crime, or of all the crimes committed, it would only be fair that those crimes would be committed evenly across whatever whatever arbitrary categories we decide to come up with. Yeah, yeah. But no, <laughs> turns or, out right. And and I think that's the problem because the reason we draw up these categories in the first place is because there's something different between them, be that a cultural thing or a biological thing or a whatever doesn't matter. We're coming up with these categories because we see a distinction somewhere. It is only natural to expect there to be distinctions in their outcomes as well. Otherwise, why do we care about drawing the lines? Right. And this is where the racists and the modern liberal leftist weirdly agree on something. Yes. Um, in a twisted sort of way. In a very twisted sort of way. They both acknowledge equity. They just disagree with how it's distributed. Yeah, that's the problem. And, and it kind of shows up in other weird ways, too. Like, I did not think I would live to see the day when we would call for segregation again. That was usually a very racist idea. Keep, and it still is, by the way. It, yeah, it still is. <laughs> but it's also being held by... But only by, one of them gets called the R word. Yeah. 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 If you call it a safe space, then it's not racist. Right. Even though it literally is exclusionary. Based on race. Yes. Literally racist. Yeah. Yeah. But it's equitable, right? Separate, but equitable. <laughs> there you go. There's your term. Some are more equitable than others. Um, <laughs> we have been going on about this for like an hour, and this is blown by. We have, and there's, there's, 
one or two on here on the list still that I think could probably become their own episode. And maybe we should. And yes, I, I think it's obvious to any listener that we are we find these ideas pretty detestable. Yes. If that weren't obvious. Um and yeah, I think that it, uh, okay. For all intents and purposes, episode over. My opinion time here. I'm oh gonna, dear. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it's actually gross that there are people that believe these dogmas. I actually do. Yeah. And I think like any other grossness that exists, there are people with perhaps it's okay. The majority of the people, the peons in these movements have good intentions. Sure. Just like I'm sure there are folks in members of racist groups, the peons with some good intentions. Yeah. You know, and and that's an unpopular statement, but you know, having known some of these people, they had good intentions. They don't believe things. I would encourage you if you have the stomach and you can bring yourself to do it. There is an enlightening interview by on the on the YouTube channel Soft White Underbelly. I highly recommend that channel. Uh, it's very hard to watch. I I will go ahead and warn you now. It is not for children. There's some dark subjects that get discussed. But one, and just for a little bit more background, uh, Mark Leita, I think is the guy's name. Uh, He is a photographer that does interviews with people that you find in the, you know, underbelly of society. People who are normally outcast and rejected, drug addicts, homeless, things like that. And he, what he wants to do is bring awareness to the individuals who are actually suffering in modern American society. But one of the people he interviewed is the sitting member of the clan like the sitting leader of the clan and the entire clan or like a local chapter, the entire clan. Okay. In his garb too. Like great. Oh yeah. Bed sheets and all. Oh yeah. Bed sheets and all. And actually interviews him in one of the most honest, straightforward interviews I've ever seen on one of the easiest to pick apart people you could. Cause this person is very flawed. They openly believe things that, would get you kicked out of polite society. And he speaks on them. But what's enlightening about it is listening to him talk about why. Yeah. Because why? There is a reason. There is one, but you never hear it. It's And it's not even necessary most of the time. He, This person would be enshrined as so evil to most people and terrible that it doesn't matter why he does it. It's just so bad, I can't stand it, right? Right. But if you can stomach to listen to his admittedly very twisted and backwards way of thinking in down deep in his heart, he actually believes he's doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And you have to believe you're doing the right thing to do something this horrible or to be this horrible, you know? And it's, but to hear those reasons out of his own mouth, it, it will make, I think your hatred turn to pity for this person. Sure. And I know that I do. But I hate that there are people that hold his exact same reasons and with the exact same good intent, but we're, and we're okay rejecting him from society for these things. And I'm not saying that we should accept him in and be okay with it. Let's not welcome the clan with open arms. No, No. that's not what we're saying here. But the fact that (laughs) it's so easy for us to hold him at arm's length and say, this is unacceptable, but to have others championed for holding nearly identical beliefs, it's disgusting to me. Yeah. And it's a problem. And I think it's very easy to laugh at these people and make fun of them, you know, and to just think that they're stupid. But people thought the the same thing about every evil dictator when they were growing up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Every evil movement, the Nazis, you know, the, the, the Communist Party in Russia, the Communist Party in China, all of these groups of people at one point in time were real easy to make fun of as just loon bags with crazy pie in the sky ideas. And maybe they had some good intentions, but all of those good intentions led to massive human atrocities in the 20th century. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think you have to nip this kind of stuff in the bud by pointing these things out and holding them to task for their beliefs. Cause they would do the same to you too. Sure. You know? And, and so that's, that's my opinions on it. And so I, I would encourage you, you know, Listen to his rhetoric, because he gets drowned out, rightfully so, a lot of the time. But 
if you can stomach listening to his rhetoric, it'll be shocking to see how much of his rhetoric is just similar. <laughs> if you just change a few choice nouns to just other noun, you'll see something that's all over, you know, all over, you know, and lauded in high regard. And, and that's terrifying to me as someone who doesn't believe either of them. So, right. That's all I have to say about that. Yep. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. Um, <clears throat> I think, I think my, my closing remark as, as we were drawing parallels to religion, um, I will, I will draw, uh, one of my favorite quotes from, uh, Christopher Hitchens. Um, good people on their own will do good things and wicked people will do wicked things, but to get good people to do wicked things, that takes religion. Philosophers. Philosophers. If you like the music in this episode, please check out Jippy on Bandcamp at jippy.bandcamp.com. Philosophers is supported by viewers like you. If there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a topic you'd like to see revisited in the future, please let us know by contacting us using the methods in the description, or in the comments below. Thank you for listening.